Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizard on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers, Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And uh, happy almost holidays, Ben. Happy almost holidays to you is what terrorists say. <laughs> Merry Christmas from Jack and Diane. <laughs> nope, Jack and, fuck, Avery. Jack and Avery. Yeah, good Lord, Benjamin. Sorry. <laughs> but yes, uh, good Lord, the, the holidays are almost here, guys. I bet you have all your presents bought, ready to go. You, you bet, I'm... Yeah. Loaded with them, and I've been holding on to them for a while. They're perfect, and everybody's going to flip their shit. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, me, I'm not quite so on top of things, and I have a good reason, though. I have a good excuse, and that is because Amazon and Netflix are trying to kill me. Oh. Do you think that your like, parents are going to be okay with that? Are they going to be cool with that excuse? Is that something that's going to fly in the Miller household? It does have a certain element of my dog ate my homework, except my streaming services ate my time. Well, that's, I mean, that does happen. Yes. Um, for for those for those who are not carefully, carefully watching the TV that's coming out, that, that's been coming out in the last couple of weeks, coming out still in more weeks to come, um, there is there is strong evidence that the, the streaming services are taking advantage of this uh, upcoming lull in new programming, perhaps, to bombard us with new series yeah typically there's a little bit of a lull or a little bit of a break right around this time reserved for such festivities as you know spending time with one's families but as we increase the era of mega tv and more tv and i like calling it mega tv TV. yeah mega tv seems seems more fitting just because there's there's too much man um, That's too much, man. Hit it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, th- th- oh, there's never going to be an end to this. We kind of secretly hope there is because as critics, you know, we eventually want a break. Like we need to need to take a... As humans, a we a, eventually want a break. <laughs> as humans, yes. We eventually would like to not work from time to time. But that is no longer an option. So uh, to kind of help you guys... Break it down for yourselves uh, right. as TV fans, as people who want to be kept up in the know. Yeah. We're going to go over a lot of these releases that are coming out. A few have come out or a few, a lot of them are getting ready to come out. You've got things to do this holiday yeah. season. you got to travel. you got to eat some Christmas cookies. you got to wrap some presents. you probably got some last-minute shopping to do. You have to appreciate your new presents. You have to spend time with family. You can't watch TV the whole time. So guess what, you guys? We did it for you. We, we are in, in still, in, in fact, in the process of doing right. so. <laughs> we will be doing it for you forever. Yes. I mean, the thing is, is like, I feel very comfortable including things that have already come out because, no, maybe you didn't have the time to watch all of season three of Mozart in the Jungle last weekend. I didn't. Or two weeks, two weekends ago as you listened to this. Maybe you didn't have time to watch all of season two of Man in the High Castle this, over this uh, last weekend. Totally understand that. That's 13 hours of television. It's a that, lot. That's one fourth of your weekend, essentially. At least. At least. Um, and so <laughs> there's just so much. But Well, talk to me about uh, specifically The Man on the High Castle is one of the interesting timing elements for me. Because, you know, there's been a lot of articles. There's been a lot of discussions, including a great one uh, by Liz Shannon Miller. I don't know if you guys have heard of her, but she writes for IndieWire. Yeah. She hosts this podcast. She's uh, okay. She's pretty good. Um, delving into The Man on the High Castle and its relevancy to modern America, a.k.a 
the terror of watching the man in the high castle in an era of Trump. Um, that makes sense to me. But even without that context, releasing a show like this in mid-December, right as the holidays are coming up, what's the vibe like for that? Like, what's the mentality of, of going into it Well, it's, it's all this background? I mean, it's weird because especially because last year it came out in late November, which uh, it, the se- that was when season one premiered. Maybe they needed a little extra time with production, given that production that one got a little screwy in season two, thanks to the departure of its showrunner. Uh, I can understand that. That being said, I mean, at the very least, this is one of Amazon's most prestige shows. And it's not going to be on any, it's, I don't think it's on any critics end of the year lists. Like even every every show, I think at, at that level, like has at least one fan, but who, as a critic, who will put it like give it give it an honorable mention or something at the very least. But because it's in mid December, we made our lists. We published our best of twenty sixteen list at the beginning of the month, and admittedly, we had we had watched Man in the High Castle. We knew what was there, uh, and it didn't make our list. And you can it would not that, but that doesn't make it a bad show. It just means that. Basically what I'm saying is it kind of shot itself in the foot in terms of critical consideration by coming out just late enough that it missed a lot of people's windows for evaluating content. Well, talk to me, though, about just watching it in general, like not from necessarily Amazon's desire to to get something out in the hopes that it gets some sort of boost by being on top 10 lists or uh, doesn't get the boost by missing out on top 10 lists or, you know, trying to get some weird Golden Globes traction because it's coming out close to when the nominations are being released. Um, talk to me just about watching a show that's that dark and dystopian and uh, now holds such real-world context when, you know, people are singing Christmas carols and, and there's there's love in the air and love actually is on TV all the time and there's All I Want for Christmas is You playing on the radio. Like, how does that fit in with a December release? It just seems kind of strange to me. I, I, no, I, I haven't mean- seen Man in High Castle uh, I'm not planning to watch it, and honestly, a big part of it is the timing for me. I just don't want to deal with that right now. And I, I watch The Leftovers year-round, people. <laughs> well, it's The Leftovers, so. Yeah, it's the best show ever. <laughs> and they have a holiday episode. Yeah. Um, and it's great. Yeah. Shut it, Liz. <laughs> Point is, yeah, I, no, I, I, I could not be, fur- I could not feel further from Christmas right now. Um, like, and that's not good because, again, it is in days and... Uh, I need to buy some presents. Um, <laughs> yeah, come on, Amazon. You're a shopping site. Release a show that makes us want to go shopping, not yeah, you know, that's hide actually, away in a hole hey. with no lights on and just cry. Yeah, I mean that's that's a factor here. <laughs> and I mean, and you know, definitely like it's a tough show, but it's 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 a a very interesting and very smart show. It's not like it's not worth discussing and not worth consideration. But yeah, this is a tough time of year for it. Like, and it, honestly, if they'd, if they'd flipped, uh, because Mozart in the Jungle came out the week before. And Mozart in the Jungle, of course, is a very, it's, it's never really had the heft with me that, say, would normally make me think it's a good pick for a Golden Globe best series win. <laughs> Um, what? You're disagreeing with the HFPA? I don't understand. I know. No one ever does that. No one ever does that. But, well, I don't know if it's quite the it's quite the heftiest comedy or the most critically a, a critically award-deserving com- comedy on television. It's not even the best on uh, Amazon. What? It's not even the best one on Amazon. Yeah, it's true. God, they yeah, they really killed it in terms of comedies this year yeah. on Amazon. But I like Mozart in the Jungle a lot, and it's full of music, and it's full of 
fun characters and they for, they have this like family vibe to it because it's an orchestra working together. That makes so much more sense for that this for for the weekend that Man in the High Castle is coming out. Instead, no, no, you get you get you get beautiful classical music first, and then you get your Nazis. <laughs> it's like they're lulling you into a sense of safety and then just smashing you over the head instead. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a, it's kind of an interesting one-two punch. But I guess there are other options out there. Yes. There's a lot of things well, outside of Amazon's world. Yeah, I mean, because like also because basically on the Netflix side of things, uh, you are you are right now uh, dealing with the surprise release of the OA. I am the only person who is actually apparently. I'm apparently the only person who is genuinely surprised by the OA coming out with a huge bang this week and announcing basically on Monday that it was coming out on Friday. Um, apparently, I'm the only person who is surprised by this. But I think I think legitimately that you are because there were the people in the know uh, who'd gotten like screener notifications. We've gotten we've told talking things. about it. We, I knew that there was a screening this week. We knew that the screening was coming out. We knew Netflix's timing with their screenings typically landing close to release dates. We knew a lot of things about the show leading up to it. We've been tracking it since last year, so like we knew it was happening. Um, and then there were those people, you know, obviously who are just kind of casual fans who are just like, oh, there's a new show coming out on Friday. That's how I find out when all of my Netflix shows are coming out. I just happen to stumble across somebody telling me it's airing this Friday and the trailer's out and I guess I'll watch it now. Um, but no, I, I, I honestly think so far from what I've seen of the OA, which I can call, which I can comfortably talk about because the embargo will have, be, have been broken by the time you guys hear this um, and it will be available to you on Netflix. It feels very much of the season. Um, really? It's kind of a strange show. It's very peculiar. Um, it stars Britt Marling, and she is a mysterious character who we see in the opening sec- seconds do something crazy, and then we start to uncover why she did it, and you're kind of backtracking through this very long, intricate story that to me feels a bit like a fairy tale, especially in the way that the show constructs itself about 45 minutes in like it starts to it revamps its structure a little bit uh to form this kind of storytelling fairy tale like narrative and part of that setting takes place in very cold months with lots of snow around and people you know trying to stay warm and shuttling around and it's it's one of those things where it's like okay like the way this is being told around a fire with your friends fascinating unpredictable story um it doesn't feel safe. It's not something that's light. There is a lot of discussion about death, and and without spoiling anything, it, it literally is about death on some very basic level. But that being said, it just feels of the moment. Like, it feels of the season. It feels like something you could curl up with and watch if you're okay with addressing these ideas. And it's not going to... So far, it hasn't slapped me in the face with it yet. It's not, again, The Leftovers. It's not going to do that. But it. I guess it could. I don't know. I'll, we'll report back on yeah. IndieWire.com. Yeah. But the important thing is it does kind of feel like a holiday show. Like, a, the timing of it makes sense to me. Interesting. I mean, I wonder how much of that is your subliminal Midwesternness just say, seeing snow and thinking Christmas. Well, that's not a Midwestern thing, Liz. That's literally 90% of the country. You I, just live in Los Angeles. <laughs> well, I've always, I've always, I've never, I've never had snow on Christmas. Like, except for yeah. one year, one year in Texas, there was a freak snowstorm. Again, you're the one. Like, you're the, yeah. Like, everybody else has the snow on Christmas. They think of it. It's yeah. happy. That's, but it's fitting. Within, within this podcast, 50% of this podcast, only right. 50% of this podcast nope. associates snow. Nope. That's, uh, it's uh, telling. In that's case a, you ever want to remember who to listen to on this podcast, just. 
throw that out there. People value my unique perspective, Ben. Absolutely, Liz. That's why you're in business. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot of it that feels like an adult fairy tale. And at Christmas, sometimes that's what you need. So, so far, so good. I mean, it's worth noting that many of the classic Christmas tales are full of death. True. Um, I mean, Christmas Christmas Carol is a flat-out ghost story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a Wonderful Life is bleak as AF, as Terrible the kids film, say. but, yep, very what? bleak. What? Hate it. You hate It's a Wonderful Life. I do. Why? It's terrible. No. That's as far as I'm willing to go with it. Well, I love that movie. Yeah. Again, remember, listeners, <laughs> who to trust is very important right now. It's so, it's so, oh, good Lord. I'll stick with Die Hard. <laughs> I mean, I'm not arguing against Die Hard. I'm just also arguing for. Liz, we're hosting a podcast in which we're trying to decide, you know, what you're going to do with the very limited amount of time that you have. So when it comes to holiday movies, obviously you are going to watch Die Hard before you watch It's a Wonderful Life. You're also going to watch about 60 other films, a lot of which don't have anything to do with Christmas, a.k.a. Star Wars. hey Uh But, you know, never watch that movie. It's bad. <laughs> Good Lord. Ben and I apparently disagree on It's a Wonderful Life. And snow. <laughs> I like snow fine. I just don't have any real, like, connection with it. Yeah. I really. see it sometimes in, in, like, you know, picture books and whatnot, and I... Picture books? <laughs> picture books, you What's know? What's a picture book? Like the children's books? Yeah. Like where you're, you just go home at night and you... Yeah, when you I like... You curl up in I... your bed and you pull open your picture book and you just kind of stare at it for a while and you're like, oh, look at the snow. Look at the pretty snow. Yeah, it's really... I never learned to read. Did the picture books when you when you see the snow, especially right now, like at, at, on Christmas, are they not Christmas themed picture books? They're just winter Christmas books with snow. Yeah, they're they're very they're they're very you know I I, I like to keep them agnostic as possible. Oh okay, interesting. My picture books. Holiday themed. My picture book. Picture collection. books. You should look into it. It might sway you around on the. It might. The snow <laughs> it might. It, it might. It might get me thinking thinking about snow in a whole new way. Well, I mean, there's another Netflix release that I think you are the only one qualified to speak to. Again, your unique perspective coming in, very valuable here. Uh, Sense8 is releasing a special, actual episode. Christmas episode two they days are, before Christmas, it, Friday the 23rd. It is officially being billed as a Christmas special. As you, lis- um, as you listen to this, you can go to IndieWire.com. Uh, we're going to be post because we are posting, uh, I have to, I still have to write it, of course. Uh, ah, the, ah, the tempor- temporal bending of this podcast. Time is a flat circle. Time is a flat circle. And somewhere on that circle, I'm writing a, writing up the trailer and uh, a introductory video from Lana Wachowski about how Sensate's going Christmas. They're doing a special two-hour Christmas episode, uh, which is going to premiere that Friday, as Ben said. And then all the the other 10 episodes will premiere on May 7th, I believe, in the new year. So basically what this is, Sense8 season one was 12 episodes. Sense8 season two is technically 12 episodes, but two of them are coming out in advance and you're getting them as Christmas special. And it is deliberately a Christmas special, which is something that happens in the UK, used to happen occasionally here in the US, but I guess now it's becoming a thing. And this was a uh, release that, set you afire particularly because it was a surprise. Yes. Uh, we didn't see it was coming. There were rumors where perhaps it could have been like the whole season was being dumped <laughs> on Friday, which, you know, proved not to be true. Uh, but, I mean, 
when you first thought of it, and then I guess after you've seen the trailer now, what are your thoughts in regards to, I mean, Sense8 Christmas? It's not a, it's not an automatic thing. It's not something you'd immediately leap to. It's like, oh, yeah, of course Sense8 is having a Christmas special. Yeah. So. Well, I think what's interesting about Sense8 is that, well, here's here's what's interesting about Sense8. Here's what's interesting about Christmas specials, and here is kind of where I'm at right now with them. Sense8 is a show that I've loved talking about ever since it premiered. It is a weird show. It is a, at times a silly show, but it's also a very heartfelt show and a very very well-meaning show. And it's a show that really loves its characters in a way that I, I genuinely respect. And the ensemble grows on you quite a bit. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the new ensemble looks like when they've as they've recast one of their actors, mm-hmm. um, which sounds like it was for the best, but you know, these things happen. Anyways, we've had like a year and a half. I've had a year and a half of just like kind of talking about this show. And I'll be honest with you guys, all, all those deeply held things I said, I really mean, I really actually, I was just, I've just been rewatching it this week in preparation for the Christmas special coming out and, you know, re, 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 re-engaging with how great some of the uh, people swapping is, especially when they do it in camera. It's some really clever, clever stuff in this show. However, it is kind of known within the office as the orgy show, um, which isn't necessarily the most Christmassy thing you might think of. And yet I think, uh, you know, rewatching it, rethinking about it, like it is a show about like basically a group of eight people who kind of form this very weird sort of family, and I think that's always kind of the wonderful underpinning of Christmas episodes hmm. or Christmas Christmas programming in general. Is you know, it's meant to be about family to some degree, um, or whatever family whatever family looks like for you. Um, in the case of Sense Eight, is eight the seven other strangers, some of whom you have sex with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hmm, that's a it's an interesting family, but okay. <laughs> yeah. All polygamous, all, but that's fine. T- takes Peach all types, Ben. Takes yeah. all types. True enough. Um, the thing about Christmas specials, and this is the other part I'm still trying to wrap my head around a little bit, is that Christmas specials have always kind of seemed, in, in especially in the British tradition, they're either like really big events or they're basically one-off standalones. Like they're meant to be special. You put the name, put it right in the name for the for your convenience. Um, but a lot of times they sometimes they don't have any real impact on continuity. Like Doctor Who, occasionally would have Christmas specials that really changed the course of the course of the narrative. But a lot of times they were meant to be kind of you know, hey, if you're plopping down with you know your grandparents who haven't watched the show in ten years, like they can still watch and enjoy what's what's going on to some degree. Um, Downton Abbey would do Christmas specials that would they would be huge events and would basically be season finales for their seasons, um, and so you would have to definitely watch those in order to keep up with the flow of plot. But they would also be like twice as long, and they'd have guest big guest stars and that sort of thing. Yeah, so did they have Clooney one year or something? Uh, Clooney Clooney did a charity special type video for it, um, mm-hmm. but. He, he, he went to the set and he filmed stuff for children in need. Uh, he didn't appear actually on Downton Abbey. They did have Paul Giamatti one year. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's a good point. Um, and there are Christmas specials coming out this year. As you mentioned, Doctor Who is having one yes. um, on Christmas Day as this tradition. And yes. so is Call the Midwife, which is very exciting for me. So Yeah, Call, yeah. The, Call the Midwife would be fun. Uh, the thing about Doctor Who is this one, basically Doctor Who is in what we call transitionary period because they – um, one companion, the, the primary companion of the show, the basically the major co-star left, 
And so there's going to be a new co-star at the beginning of the new season. But in the special, there, she's not appearing. To the best of my knowledge, it is just basically a couple of side characters for basically a side adventure. Hmm. Um, and apparently it's going to take place in New York and involve Superman. Yep. Oh, okay. That's, <laughs> that was, yeah, that's unexpected. Um, taking a quick step back, though, to the Netflix thing, I was just thinking, it was, what, two years ago that we got the BoJack Horseman Christmas special? Yep. Last year, we didn't have necessarily a new original series with a Christmas special, but we got a very Murray Christmas, which was very much a like Netflix production yeah. that was big deal, specifically targeted towards Christmas. This year, we're getting the Sense Eight Christmas special, as well as I mean, it's you not know, Christmas for Christmas, another thing. But I mean, are we should we just start expecting that at random Netflix is going to have a Christmas like a new Christmas original? I think that's my th- a pretty I think big the, deal. Well, I think number one, the thing with Netflix is we should just expect them to be trying to do something to kill us at any moment. No. Like they that that seems to be kind of where they're at is trying to keep us on our toes. Yeah, but it would not surprise me at all to see in, you know, five years or less even, you know, them just having their own substantial Christmas catalog of specials, episodes, like stuff that you want to revisit every year because that's what people are going to be looking for on the holidays. Well, I, I mean, know personally, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing A Very Merry Christmas again. Like it's part of the holiday planning. So. Yeah. Um, and actually, uh, I remember last year I got to interview Raphael Bob Waxberg, creator of BoJack, because he was doing a round of publicity, largely just to remind people that the year before he'd made a, a, a BoJack Horseman Christmas special. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a big thing. I mean, it's, it's a great, that was a great special first and foremost. Yes. And then it seems like this year they're making a pretty big deal out of the, uh, what's becoming available at the end of the month. I mean, a lot of these, when they put out their lists that everybody sees online, we put out our lists on IndieWire, obviously of the, all the new films coming out in December, all the new TV shows coming out in December, they're starting to be at least what like two or three a month and i mean especially this month that are these are a little more prominent than usual i guess but a lot that aren't necessarily included on the list anymore like they're they're really cramming some stuff in of late yep yep and i mean how that affects how that affects like the flow of the flow of you know media is like still kind of up in the air you know you know how many people are going home for the holidays and thinking themselves well I mean, we've kind of touched on this during our Thanksgiving episode about like the idea of like, do you, can I just hole up in my in my bedroom watching watching stuff on my iPad while, you know, my family all my other family members do pretty much the same thing in their rooms. But you know, yeah, that's not necessarily what you want to do for the holidays. No, and it's I mean, I don't <laughs> I think it's one of those things where it's almost like a demand facilitating the content. I feel like there is. They, they've noted how there is a considerable amount of binging over the course of the end of December on Netflix. So they're trying to provide as much extra content to keep subscribers happy and gain a subscriber fan base. Like, uh, I mean, as much as they possibly can. Like, they're going to take advantage of that. And I guess as long as they keep putting out originals that are of high quality. I mean, we've liked Bojack. We liked Very Merry Christmas. I mean, we'll see about Sensate, but... Yeah. I think the thing about Sunset that I've, I feel better about now that I've thought about it is that because it's going to because it's basically going to be the first two episodes of the new season. If you think about it in those terms, and you just kind of make peace with the fact that it's going to be set at Christmas, um, 
I feel like then I can still get into the narrative as it left it because there was there were big cliffhangers left at the end of uh, last season, and so I guess we're just going to get right back into the story, or maybe not. Maybe we'll just you know go around the sensate sensates and see how they're celebrating the season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, that's uh, that's definitely a possibility. And I mean, at the same time, like while we're all obsessing over what's going to be popping up in our Netflix queue, there's still Christmas specials that are coming out in traditional format. Like there's still the, what is it, the Terry Crews holiday special? Oh, good lord, the Terry Terry Crews has a holiday special. Taraj P Henson is hosting a very Empire Christmas or something. Yeah, I don't she. Know I think called. that already happened. Did it really? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I've, totally blanked on that one. Yeah, I know. I mean, the, I'm shocked too because I know you like set up all these alerts and reminders for it. Yeah, didn't she have like Lee Daniels and Tyler Perry on as special guests or something? To be fair, having seen Taraji P Henson at TCA's with with uh, Lee Daniels, I've often said I would just watch a show that's them a talk show hosted by them. Yeah, I never said that though. Yeah, I know you didn't. You would never say something like that. Nope. Opposite. 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 But, I mean, those still exist. It's just they seem – they don't seem antiquated to me. They don't seem unimportant. They don't even sound that bad, like the – especially the Terry Crews one. It's like that sounds pretty fun. Yeah. But the idea of – I mean, the idea of scheduling a time to sit down and watch that in such a crowded time of year, it seems a lot easier to do it the Netflix way, just like we always have been, just like what everything's trending toward in general, Mm -hmm. like skewing away from the live TV that you have to book appointments to watch and and just letting it happen whenever you're able to do it. Right. I mean, with Hairspray Live, for example, which is kind of like, I mean, I think, I I, I believe NBC would love it to be like considered a quasi kickoff to the holiday TV season. Um, But the the live musical experience is fun. but you know it is the value of watching the uh, watching hairspray live if it's not live you're not following along with twitter i feel like it's very low like i don't yeah. feel like there's a high re- re- revisitation value on it yeah i'd agree i mean the if you somehow break the mold and you do something that's just strictly entertaining for your massive 3 hour production like kind of like grease live was able to do then that's something that's worth revisiting but it's harder to pull that off it's harder to you know set the standard like that so in and out yeah man so ben let me before we get into official best thing next thing i want to ask a special holiday best thing next thing well i'm unprepared oh no just a a special holiday what is your favorite holiday christmas special Christmas special? Holiday slash Christmas special. Oh, God. Just on the off chance that the Hebrew hammer was something that you really loved. Um, I, I mean, personally, I don't think I really have a Christmas special that I revisit on the on a regular basis. I, I like a revisiting Christmas, a Christmas the, movie, I guess. I mean, Die Hard's my favorite Christmas movie. I like revisiting the Friends Christmas episodes every year. I enjoy those. They make me very happy. Aww. So, in in terms of TV, I'd say that's probably as close to appointment viewing as I get. Mm-hmm. How about you, Liz? Um, I think How I Met Your Mother did at least one or two Christmas episodes I really like. Yeah. What? They did, they did do those. You didn't like the, you didn't like the episode where uh, they kept calling Lily a Grinch. No. Not particularly. <laughs> it was funny. Well, I'm glad. I'm very glad you enjoy it, Liz. <laughs> I'm very glad that you. You can revisit that and, and spark some holiday cheer. Get you right back in the shopping mood. Are you just that mood. scarred by the finale? No. Okay. 
But you liked How I Met Your Mother to some yeah, degree. I did for a while, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm very scared of the new spinoff. I mean, we, we all sh- should be wondering. They keep trying to do it. And it's just like, eh, maybe there's a reason you well, should let it die. Well, the, the first one sounded like the first attempt to do How I Met Your Dad, if you weren't following the entertainment news, that's a thing that they're trying to do again. Um, but the first one like sounded like it was kind of a clusterfuck and just in terms of like Greta Gerwig wanted to shoot it in New York. Um, like they had they had to recast it at least once. I think they maybe were trying to move away from doing it multi-camera and do it single ca- entirely single camera. Like lots of I feel like I don't remember remember all the specifics, but I remember that it 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 seems like it was a little crazy. Sure. So maybe maybe this will work out great. With the steady hands of a producer from This Is Us involved, I don't see how it could fail. This is sad. This They're is... just thoroughly beating the reputation of this show into the ground. Like, My show or this podcast? That show. Oh. Probably this one, too. But that's our doing. <laughs> Oh, good times. Um, but also, my I think my one of my my favorite Christmas movie that's not It's a Wonderful Life uh, is The Muppet Christmas Carol. That's a good pick. It's got songs and Michael Caine. Yeah, yes, yes, it does. <laughs> Michael Caine might be my favorite. Might be the best Scrooge. Um, yeah. Patrick Stewart wasn't bad. Patrick Stewart was very good. And he, the, but he, really the way to pat, appreciate Patrick Stewart in A Christmas Carol is to find an audio recording of him doing the entire thing himself. Oh. He does all the voices, Ben. That it's, would be good. It's a stage show he, he's done several times, and uh, some, there's a recording out there that you can buy officially on Amazon, perhaps, and it will delight you. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Yeah, it's great for driving home for the holidays. Yeah, well, let's do it on the flight. There you go. Um, but in the meantime, Ben, what was the best thing you watched last week? Uh, the best thing I watched last week was the Rectify finale. You guys, I know we spent a whole podcast talking about it last time. A just, whole podcast. Just as a reminder, if you, for some reason, didn't listen or you haven't listened to our advice, um, Rectify ended perfectly. So if you're at all worried about finishing your binge and being unsatisfied, put those concerns aside. Get cracking. Enjoy yourself. Brought a tear to my eye. Um, we should also mention that we had some people write in and let us know their Rectify status. Oh, our good, great. Our good friend Robert. Hey, Robert. Robert uh, Robert did uh, say he watched the pilot and he's convinced to try it again. Because um, he watched the pilot, I guess, a, couple, a while back, but he's going to give it another shot. Um, one Ann Travers. Her uh, mom. Also, um, what was her official position on it? Uh, well, she texted me today and said she watched the second episode. Now she's hooked, so... There you go. Well done, Ben. Done deal. Yeah. And uh, reader, uh, reader slash listener, Allison Gronowitz uh, emailed me uh, to say, to make the hard sell on Rectify. This is a very long Great. email, but it has a lot of very good points in it. So. Way to go, Allison. Yeah. No, I'm not resistant to the idea of watching the show, except, of course, for that part where I spent an entire podcast pretending to be super resistant to pretending. it. <laughs> Haven't watched it yet, have you, Liz? Sensate, Ben. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, but yeah, so I'm glad that the Rectify, I was worried about the Rectify finale, to be completely honest, because, you know, you, you I, 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 aside from enjoying when you were in pain, I don't like to see you disappointed. Mm. So I'm glad that it lived up to your expectations. You bet. Yeah. Killing it. Liz, what about you? What was the best thing you watched last week? 
Um, I am mad at myself for not having watched all of Search Party sooner. Um, I finally caught up with that, uh, I believe, over the weekend. And yeah, that shit good. Um, I'm still not sure how I feel about the ending. We should have a conversation because I think you have a strong opinion about it. And I don't know exactly what it is. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really charming and really interesting and really smart and then also not so charming in places. And that was, it made for really compelling TV. I got really hooked. Yeah, that's a great binge. Yeah, absolutely that's a great binge. Perfectly constructed for the way it was released. So I uh, I was a big supporter of that one. Yeah, absolutely. What's the next thing you're looking forward to? Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Call the Midwife Christmas special. Aww. I need to catch up, and I feel like this is a perfect excuse to catch up. You should so, tell people a little bit about Call the Midwife, because I think it's a show that flies pretty under the radar for people. Call the Midwife is a period piece uh, on PBS Yes. Um, about a group of nurses who, I think it's during World War One. Don't quote me on my history. Yeah, I my think history it's like, is isn't poor. it like right after World War II? Uh, probably. I trust Liz's wild guesses more than my own experience watching I've seen the show a little bit of it. Because I get so overwhelmed with just the kind of general goodwill. Um, it's, 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 just a, it's just a joyful show. Like, it's just something that really. It's 1950s really hooks uh, East you. End London. That's exactly what I said, I think. <laughs> Pretty sure, word for word. You can go back and listen if you need to, but don't. Just watch Call the Midwife. Uh, it's all on Netflix, um, so it's pretty easy to to you know keep up with. Yeah, it's so. very it's very sweet. Lots of uh, lots of fun facts about what it was like to give birth uh, in the 1950s yes. in the East End of London. Very when, educational. When when the show is set. Absolutely, and men are terrible. Just remember that. So. Oh yeah. Great. Love. <laughs> anyway, Liz. Other than uh, Sense Eight. Other than. Well. Other than Star like Wars. the mess of screeners that we have clogging our inboxes, which is a good thing. We love the screeners. It's really great. What? Ben is chanting the path, which yeah. is uh, the the second season. We have in fact received screeners for the second season of the Hulu series, which premieres at the end of January. Sure. Okay. I, I don't remember. Okay. Soon. It doesn't matter because I have all of them, and that's what counts. <laughs> You'll hear about it. I can assure you. But yeah, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of exciting stuff in the mix. Uh, there's a UK show also from that Hulu will be distributing in March um, called National Treasure, which sounds really interesting. What? What? Yeah, sounds. Sounds, sounds great. Sounds great. Robbie Coltrane. Everybody knows Rob. Yeah, he's Hagrid. He is. You knew something cracker. That's a show. <laughs> oh, I like I. You, you, it, this is why it baffles me that you like call the midwife because all other obscure British shows, you're like whatever, don't care. It's not obscure. Suck a nut. It's a delightful. What I do, I do often say <laughs> suck a nut, especially around the holiday season. It's like it's like on your Christmas stocking. Mm-hmm. That's why I get coal. <laughs> Aw, you don't. Uh, you don't know what's in my stocking. That's true. But I'm just saying, coal's a pretty precious resource. Why would they spend money on coal for you? It's true. I guess I never examined it that closely. Yeah. Probably knockoff coal. Ooh. The worst coal. <laughs> Not coal. 
So is there something you're looking forward to, though, Liz, other than listing things that are, like, kind of <laughs> up there that are things that are out there that you might watch? Uh, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I there's so much right now, and really it's just, like, I guess the Sensei Christmas special. It By sounds the time... like you're looking forward to the sweet release of death <laughs> so you don't have to watch all these screeners. No, I don't want the sweet release of death yet. Soon. Not yet. No, not Into at all. the ocean we go. Into the ocean. No, it's... Uh, no, I think I think uh, that's gonna be great. Um, really, look, I, you know, I'll, I'll just say it. I, I should watch an episode of The Young Pope now Young before Pope. I, before I start ma- before I keep up with my cool Pope jokes. Pope is back in town. <laughs> he's not an old Pope, Ben. He's a cool Pope. He's back. He's back, bitches. <laughs> this Pope smokes cigarettes. Yeah, this Pope will <laughs> shove your face into his foot. But apparently it's supposed to be good, so that's why I need to I need to watch it before I just get I too. I can't freaking wait to watch The Young Pope. I think it's going to be the most fun television show about popes. No, just period. The most. Yeah, I think it's going to be the most fun of any television show released in 2017. Yeah, I just get worried though because I don't know if there's going to be any sex in it. I bet. Never mind. I can't say that on the podcast. I was going to say something very crude and awful about Diane Keaton, but I'm not going Whoa. to. Whoa! Not specifically about her, just say, uh, like a fate that I was expecting befalling of her character. Good Lord. So mean to Diane Keaton. I just, and it's a wonderful life. I feel like she's somehow his opposition. In the trailer, it feels like the young pope is going against the old nun, and it's like, we're going to butt heads. You're going to call me, what's he say, uh... Your Holiness, and she's like, "Okay, I'll call you Your Holiness." And then it's like, "Oh, these two <laughs> are gonna fucking kill each other." Or are they going to have rich sexual tension? Mm, no, there's too much hate there. I mean, there could be some, there could be some hate yeah. turning into sexual tension, I guess. But I feel like the scheming and the plotting <laughs> will get in the way of that, as well as whatever the heck's happening when the young pope is kneeling in the middle of like a tarmac, putting his hands behind his head while cops are everywhere. So I mean, this show is—it just seems crazy. I can't wait. Yeah. Okay. So that's—I feel better about that pick then. Less oh, judge. that's what you're going with now. You're looking yeah. forward to the young pope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just to figure out what the hell that is. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Um, you'll be able to read all about it and check out more information about all these shows we've been discussing today at IndieWire.com, where you can also find news, reviews, interviews, features, and all sorts of wonderful end-of-the-year wrap-up stuff that we've been doing uh, for your reading pleasure. Make sure you listen to all of the IndieWire family of podcasts, including Turn It On with our own Michael Schneider, as well as the Filmmaker Toolkit podcast hosted by Chris O'Fault. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. Uh, you can find end of spiel. Yes, well done. You can find well, Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Trothers. You find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and an E. Correct. We will be, actually, will we be back next week? No. No? I'm taking it off. We're taking it off. Okay, we're not going to be back next week, guys. Um, holiday break. Holiday break. We AKA get, extra screener time. Extra screener time. But uh, know that we hope you have a very happy holiday. Right, Ben? You have a very happy Christmas, very happy New Year, and very happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, whatever you don't. I hope you have a Merry Christmas, yes. <laughs> happy Christmas is what Harry says in Harry Potter, and it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I don't know if that's what they say in Britain. That's if what they, they do, say in Britain. Then they're insane. That's just insane. Oh it's my Merry God. Christmas. You don't deserve you can, call the midwife. You can have happy holidays if you want, but it's not happy Christmas. That's just, that's that's obscene. Oh. <laughs> uh, We'll be back in the new year, you guys. And in the meantime, keep watching television. 